All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three. Good afternoon and welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Joe Lavelle. Joe, you know, uh, this conversation we're about to have couldn't be more timely. A, A member of my family just was discharged from a hospital this morning. And the discharge process took about three and a half hours. It was ridiculous. I have a feeling we're going to learn a little bit more about how we can make that process a lot more efficient today. I'm going to jump right on that bandwagon, Todd, as I've been in the hospital the last week, and uh, my mother has in the last month. So I'm sure we have a lot to learn and a lot of great things to learn from our guests today. Well, and just for the audience's sake, and frankly, for our guests' sake, yes, three of us related to this show have been in the hospital, and trust me, we're all fine. We're all good, so so no worries. Well, let's get right to it. Our guest today is Wayne Sensor. He's the CEO of EnsoCare. Wayne, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Todd. It's great to be with you. Now, it's great to have you. Thanks for carving out some very valuable minutes to join us. Uh, looking forward to our conversation. Uh, before we get into our very important dialogue, do take a few quick seconds, Wayne. Inform the audience about you and your background. Well, I appreciate that, Todd. And it actually creates a bit of a backdrop for the very conversation we're about to have today. So while indeed I am the CEO of EnsoCare, I have spent nearly the last 25 years as a hospital and health system CEO, most recently the CEO of Allegiant Health, a 10-hospital system based in the Midwest. So my point to that would be I have firsthand observation and knowledge and experience around uh, what good discharge processes look like, what the best practices are, and the import of care coordination. All right. Well, give us that 10,000-foot view of EnsoCare. What do you do? How do you serve your market? Absolutely. EnsoCare is, by definition, a software company, but we also provide a a substantial service backing or support. I would divide our, our products into two classes. Our core product is an automated discharge methodology that literally helps the discharge planner, the patient, and the family find the right location for their loved one, with the right clinical services, the right social services, and assures that clinical data flows freely from the host hospital to that facility. We also have a suite of products that are specifically aimed at care coordination after the patient leaves the hospital, and that allows for things like risk stratification, creation of a care team, a care plan, and communication between individuals from disparate organizations for the benefit of the patient. Perfect. Wayne, tell us a little bit about how you became involved from the transition from a CEO of hospital system to a service provider, and then maybe what intrigued you in the, what intrigues the company about the particular problem of discharge management, discharge processing? That's a great question, Joe. Speaking specifically to my somewhat unusual career path, but incredibly intentional. I've spent literally 25 years attempting to affect change within the hospital industry. And I I would tell you, it's a fairly myopic industry. It's tough 
in these large complex organizations to rethink your core processes and your core methodologies. And you know, couple that with the Affordable Care Act's implications to these very topics with things like the readmission penalty, which has become a very significant issue with many hospitals. That penalty now at 3% of your up to 3% of your total payment and estimated to be in excess of $260 million this year. So run hospitals a lot of a lot of years tried to find ways to impact core processes, had an opportunity with a software company to bring a solution to the table that is good for patients, it's good for clinical outcomes, makes the hospital more efficient. Frankly, it's one of those, I think it's a win all the way around. And as we speak specifically to care coordination, from my vantage point, it is one of the most salient topics as we think about how institutions will flourish into the future. Wayne, I'm going to continue harping on the struggle that my family member dealt with this morning on, on this discharge. I mean, we can put men on the moon, we can send probes to Mars, we can do all kinds of amazing things, but just this morning, 21st century, it, it, the discharge process took three and a half hours. Why is this still happening? How, how can this be possible with all the technology that we have, which I guess is the problem that you're solving in the marketplace, but how is it, why is this still happening? Yeah, Todd, it, it's amazing to me as CEO of EnsoCare how many times I have spoken about our product and the solution that we provide and how many times I've heard back exactly the experience that your family's had. And in fact, my family has had with my mother as well. So a couple of thoughts more granularly about that. Number one is the best practice in discharge planning really pushes back that conversation to the point of admission. The reality is, the day we diagnose a patient and agree to admit them to a hospital, we know with fairly good certainty what the progression of their recovery will look like. We know what the geometric mean length of stay for that diagnosis, and if treatment is as a, in accordance with the protocols and the patient recovers at a steady and expected pace, we know that three days post-op this patient's going to go home. We also know with great likelihood what the prognosis at the point of discharge will be, meaning they're going to be capable of, capable of returning home, or perhaps they have limited support at home and won't be safe yet in that setting and will need to go to a post-acute facility. So I'll start with the best practice out there literally opens that dialogue with the family. The day of admission, you begin to think about and talk about options, et cetera. The second thing I'd say to sort of round that out is uh, I would, of course, make a case that enabling technology allows that process to be smooth, allows better data for the family uh, to make the decision, and assures that clinical data gets sent to post-acute facilities as needed. And, of course, last but not least, Todd, specifically speaking to uh, your experience, you know, that's a lot of that is process management. We know what the steps of the day of the discharge are going to look like. We know who needs to interact with that patient. And the best practices, those are very tightly managed so that they don't cause the sorts of delays you experience. You mentioned in your opening that you're both a service company and a software provider. That leads me to believe that there's no good software solution that you can just plug and play off your iPhone or off a computer to make this happen, that there's lots of process work to be done. Is that the case, Wayne? And is that the expertise that your team is bringing to hospitals? 
That is absolutely the case, both generally and specifically, and I'll, I'll tell you what I mean by that. You know, at the end of the day, these are patients we're, we're dealing with. They're human beings and they're families. And, you know, sometimes we do have to have and need to have human interaction. So here's what our, our service back specifically refers to. So our clients that are using the EnsoCare solution, and it's specifically known as transition that moves patients effectively and efficiently in, in an automated sense out of the hospital. We're available to those discharge planners 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If they have questions about the use of the system or about a screen that appeared or any of the above, we're available to help them so that there's no delay in the process period. However, what most of our call center, if you will, our service center here in Omaha, Nebraska does is interact with the post-acute community on behalf of the hospital, and this really differentiates us in the market. So hospitals have not historically had terribly close relationships with the rest of the care continuum. And think broadly in this context, these are nursing homes and skilled nursing facilities and acute rehab and outpatient rehab and hospice, transportation facilities, and so on and so forth. And so part of our value proposition is we engage those, those post-acute providers on behalf of the host hospital to assure that when a referral query is sent out to them, that they respond in a timely fashion. And frankly, our goal is 30 minutes. We currently have a, uh, a turnaround time of about 24 minutes from the time a referral request is sent out. So discharge planner, instead of making phone calls and waiting for responses, they literally send this out electronically. It goes to the facilities that meet those screens. They have 30 minutes or less to respond. And the discharge planner and the family, the patient, can then commence a conversation about options so that they can smoothly transition the patient. All right. Wayne Sensor will return after this quick break. We'll be right back. At Javion, we know that healthcare providers do remarkable things every day. And we understand the pressures and challenges providers face in today's healthcare system. That's why we are helping providers by predicting and preventing financial and clinical waste. Through a suite of big data software solutions that combine clinical intelligence with deep machine learning technologies, we can stop the waste of resources and lives by stopping losses before they ever happen. And by doing this, we help providers focus on what they do best, delivering care. Javion, we help providers stay remarkable. Visit javion.com. All right, we're back with Wayne Sensor, the CEO of EnsoCare. Wayne, we're hearing all kinds of stories and reading out there about penalties for readmissions. Is this something your company is helping your customers with? Absolutely, it is, Joe. In fact, it's high on our list of the value proposition that we bring to our clients. A couple comments that will bring that to life. I talk to hospitals across the country on a daily basis, and and there is great awareness now of the readmission penalties and their implication. The problem is most institutions do not have the infrastructure in place to coordinate the care of that patient once they leave their catchment. They've never been paid to do that. They've never been asked to do that. 
previously myself included, we considered our responsibility wrapped up on day of discharge. So care coordination, and the reason it's become such a buzzword in the industry is because literally everyone is trying to solve for the problem of now I'm being penalized when those patients come back, but how in the world do I really get line of sight to care coordinate with those patients? And I'll share a, a couple common responses in the industry. One is there's a class of folks out there of, of hospitals and health systems who are in the heavy acquisition mode, buying parts of the care continuum. Uh, in some cases, they'd already divested of home care, for example, and now they're restarting or acquiring back nursing homes and so forth. And while I don't have an issue with that strategy, I would just point out owning them does not necessarily clinically integrate or cause care management to occur. Right. So there's a whole sole step. Once you've gotten the asset, then what are you going to do with it? The most popular response that I'm hearing is to throw case managers at the problem. I've heard numerous tales of hospitals doubling and even tripling the size of their care management staff. And what, what I would say to that is, is the challenge you still have is when should you intervene and how? Hospital recently said to me, you know, we're calling the patient uh, one day post-discharge, three days, seven days, and 14 days. And my, my response to that is I think that's noble. If, if I'm a patient that's well and recovering nicely, the fourth phone call you, to, you make to me, I'll be irritated, by the way. <laughs> and even more saliently, if you call me on day seven and I begin, begin to clinically decline on day eight, you're not going to know until I reappear in your, in your emergency room. So the problem we solve for is risk, risk stratification, both at point of discharge and it can constantly be revised real time as long as we're tracking you on behalf of the hospital or health system. The second is an embedded care plan. So risk compared to what? It could be that I missed a really important follow-up appointment to my primary care doctor. It could be that my biometric levels as fed to us through a number of different sources are going the wrong direction. So risk, but risk compared to what and the what is the care plan. We also have the ability to create a, a care team that's connected electronically. One of the challenges you have in the post-acute world is a number of people have an interest in that patient's welfare and their recovery, but they're often from disparate organizations. And so you're left with email to a stranger who might also be contributing, contributing to my recovery. In this case, at discharge, the patient family and discharge planner create a team. We're connected electronically. We're HIPAA compliant. And that allows family members, my primary care doctor, specialists, and others of the care team to participate in my recovery. And last but, but really important is a series of alerts. A really quick story, if I, I may, my dad is 93 years old, God bless, and lives at home independently. And he has a, a number of uh, chronic medical conditions, including high blood pressure. And so his doctor asks him to, to check his blood pressure every morning and every night. And what scares me is at 5.30 in the afternoon when my dad checks his blood pressure, if it's elevated, the instructions are to email the doctor's office. And that email, I happen to know from my experience, is going to go to a callback nurse who is busily trying to fill the trailing medication refills before they're able to head home for the evening. There's almost no chance that they're going to see my dad's blood pressure was elevated 
And if it's elevated to an unsafe degree, he's going to go all night long without intervention. So in the ENSO care, care coordination world, my dad would report his blood pressure. It could come through an automated source, but in this case, self-reported. A care coordinator would, would get an alert on probably their smartphone or their desktop. That individual would probably call my dad and have him retake his blood pressure. If it was still elevated, they would make an algorithm determination as to whether I, re, whether I engage his primary care physician or put a call into the office or perhaps call 911. So hopefully that gives you some sense of how we're helping to solve for the readmission issue. Boy, it's great stuff. Uh, you know, and, and the idea of what you're doing to facilitate patient engagement is so critical and obviously a common theme on this show about how we can get better at that. I want to go a little bit deeper on some uh, on some best practices in terms of reducing risk during these care transitions. You said at the top of the show about uh, you know, starting the discharge the discharge process at the time of admission. I mean, I, it just makes obvious sense with me. And I, and I also figure that over time, you're going to get better at that because you're going to collect data and you're going to begin to really understand and be able to much, much better ascertain what's likely to happen with an, with an incoming patient. I mean, it's fascinating. But share some other best practices uh, with regards to that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll share another one that's really near and dear to my heart. And I'm going to preface this with, I have tremendous admiration for the practice of nursing. Patients in hospitals today are really sick, much sicker than they were 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. And they, we ask a lot of our nurses relative to things like electronic documentation, et cetera. And on the litany of tasks that we ask of our nurses is to, is to discharge patients. And so it is a fairly regimented methodology to assure that we've dispatched our responsibility to that patient and that family. And in fact, just to make this real, it's usually a checklist, and it includes things like you know, I explain medications. The physical therapist came into the room and talked about you know use of the walker. We made sure that, that the patient understands they need to have a follow-up appointment. They may have to do something in their uh, clinical and their care recovery, give themselves shots or whatever it may be, and so we would describe how those things work and et cetera. But just imagine that busy floor nurse now You've got call lights going off down the hall. They've got other ill patients that need their attention. It's time to pass medications. And so you can imagine that oftentimes by necessity, that process becomes fairly perfunctory, literally going down and checking the boxes. Do you understand, patient? Yes, check, and on. And, and what's missing from that process is, do we really know whether the patient has understood and retained and will follow the discharge instructions if all we've allowed that nurse to do is simply check the boxes. So I, I would suggest, although this doesn't have to be high tech, there certainly are technological solutions that assist, but allowing time for that nurse to do really what I would consider to be fairly textbook and, and common in the education industry, methodologies to assure retention. A couple of those, for example, one of them is teach back methodology. So you ask the patient, you know, I just explained that procedure to you and I want to make sure that I explained it clearly. Could you tell me what you thought I said and give the patient a moment to share back with you, which would demonstrate fairly definitively, at least at that moment in time. You know, another one is it's, it's, it's very well documented that patients, excuse me, people, all learn differently. Some of us are very verbal. 
Some of us like to see pictures, et cetera. So, you know, another thing that should be taken into consideration in the discharge process is, is provide teaching in different modes so that regardless of what my learning style is, I'm going to have an opportunity to really understand and internalize that message. So those are a couple things that, that can be pretty easily done that I, I would suggest from best practice standpoint need to be encoded in the discharge and transition process. That's just amazing as, as I think about the complexity of all this. Uh, and Wayne, I, I think the more I, I talk to you, the more I understand why you're the perfect leader of Ensicare. I'm thinking of the situation where you have a large health system, maybe like the one you were associated with, that half the providers are participants or are, are employees and half the, half the providers are not, and you're discharging patients into a community where some people share systems and some people don't. Maybe you could, I don't know if you, your solution helps with that, or maybe you could just help us understand that problem and maybe how you would attack it at a client where you're discharging to an environment where some physicians have their own EHRs that aren't associated with hospital EHR. How do you get the discharge instructions into their hand and, and more importantly, the ownership for the patient, even though you as a hospital are going to be the one that gets penalized if the patient gets readmitted? That's a, that's a really powerful question, and I'll slice it from two different directions. I'll slice it from the post-acute provider, and generally when I say that I'm referring to institutions of some sort, think broadly about uh, post-acute types of institutions, and then I'll come back and slice it from the physician standpoint as well, because your point is spot on. From the post-acute provider standpoint, our gold standard is that 85 to 90 percent of the post-acute institutions in the primary service area will be actively using the ENSOCARE solution to transition patients from hospital into their facility. And, and the reason that I can say that, a fairly stunning number, is because again that call center, 80 percent of the calls we're making are to those facilities to assure that they know how to receive the, the, the referrals that are coming, that they understand the expectations of 30 minutes or less response time, that they understand how to get to the clinical data so they can assure that they're capable of caring to the patient, and so on and so forth. So frankly, if we see a, a host hospital sending referrals and some, some post-acute not responding, we call them up and say, you know, can we reteach you in the system? Did you lose your password? Maybe this was a new employee, et cetera. On the side of the physician, a little different solution, but perhaps equally powerful. When we were talking about care coordination specifically and the notion of creating an, an electronic care team, there is absolutely no requirement that those members of that care team be connected to care in any way, shape, or form. Frankly, all it requires is, a, is a internet. It requires that you enter our system through a web portal that is HIPAA compliant and secure. But as long as you've got internet and a computer, you don't have to have any financial or business relationship with us or the hospital. So from our vantage point, when it comes to the care coordination specifically, you can receive that information regardless we don't differentiate between employed, hospital-based, or independent doctors. 
All right. Uh, great stuff. Wayne, I hate to say it, but we are about out of time. Uh, but although I think Joe and I still have a lot to pick your brain about, so we'll probably invite you back on the show down the road a bit. Uh, but for now, uh, inform the audience how they can get in touch with you and learn more about EnsoCare. Absolutely. We would love to hear from the listening audience. If you have additional questions, I'd encourage you to jump on our website, www.ensocare.com, and would love to hear from you and engage in further conversation. Gentlemen, I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you today about something that I think is incredibly important, the efficiency of discharge and care coordination as we move into the future. Well, Wayne, let me assure you the pleasure was ours, and we're grateful for your time. And as I said, we will invite you back. Uh, we have much more to discuss and more to learn from you. So, But that wraps it up for today. So that was Wayne Sensor, the CEO of EnsoCare. On behalf of our guest, Wayne Sensor, my colleague, Joe Lavelle, I'm Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare. What you want, what you want, what you want. Come on.